0: Hello, Don't Ask Tig listeners. I wanted to open the show by addressing the fact that so many of you have inquired about the outro song. Honestly, I don't know if it's called Listen or Listen to Your Heart, but it's by one of my favorite singer-songwriters ever, Edie Brickell. I believe it's not available yet. I, you know, I probably should have reached out to her and asked her if it's available or when it's available. But I get the feeling it's not available since so many people write in asking, who is that? What song is that? Where can I get that? It's the best. It is the best. She's the best. And I'm so happy that everybody's enjoying her music so much. I just wanted to put that out there before we got into this next episode. This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro, suggesting you take a summer vacation from Asking Me for Advice. Joining me today is Grammy and Emmy-nominated comedian, actress, and musician, Margaret Cho. Margaret, I'm so happy to have you today. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. I have you whenever I can. I love it. With whatever I do.
1: All the things, all the different things.
0: All the different things that I do, I think... (laughs) I'd love to have Margaret Cho.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know I bring it up all the time, but I was a fan of yours before I started doing stand-up. And I told you when I started doing stand-up, I was talking to reps, meaning for the people at home that don't know what reps are, a manager or agent. And they said, whose career do you want? And I said, I would love to have Margaret Cho's career. Do you have somebody Like that for yourself? Oh, gosh.
1: I think... um, I guess it's hard to say. Um, If anybody's career I would love to emulate would probably be Dolly Parton because Mm. she has so many different aspects to her career and her life. But at the same time, she's funny. I mean, she's just also having fun. And Mm -hmm. um, she is an icon for young people and older people. And, you know, she was also a big fixture in um country music television if you ever watch rural tv it's rfd the rural farming (laughs) (laughs) dumb thing i don't know what the d stands for but it's is it this is a real network it's a network that only shows old porter wagner and hee-haw and then crop updates and weather Well, how do I not know about this? Well, it's very, it's like in the early days of TiVo, I would try to look for Hee Haw and Porter Wagner because I'm such a longtime country music fan and especially the country music. I didn't know this about you. Oh, yes. I love country. I'm a country music fan. I love it. That's incredible. Yes. Yes. Did you ever watch the Porter Wagner show?
0: Of course, and hee-haw. Yes,
1: and hee-haw. And they have the best music. And, and, and Dolly's CMT. always all Oh, yes, CMT's great. Wow. Yeah. Well, are you back to um, performing stand-up? A little bit. Um, a little shows here and there. I did Largo.
0: How was that?
1: Which you've done, haven't you? I haven't done stand-up at all
0: in a year and a half. No, mm-hmm. I haven't done anything.
1: It's weird going back. Um, I've done a lot of uh, virtual shows. But mm-hmm. um, which I actually really enjoy. You do. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Wow, I think it's different. It is different. Yes, I enjoy watching them too.
0: Did you do the drive-in movie theaters where yes. uh, they honk for clap? Wow. Yes. See, that's, that's fun too. where
1: you're through and through, a
0: true <laughs> comedian. Nothing stops you. Not a pandemic. Not, not a pandemic. A, a drive-in theater where people are honking <laughs> to express joy.
1: I liked it. I liked, um, and I liked going back to Largo. Um, there was a sense of a feeling of normalcy, even though it wasn't normal. And, um, I realized how much I missed it.
0: Were people in masks?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So the audience is fully in masks.
1: The audience is in masks. And was there like a muffled laughter? Like a ho, ho, ho. I think so. I think it's almost as if they want to laugh harder though, because they know that they're stifled a little bit with the, with the mask. Yes. But they're so excited to be out. So, And what were I you
0: excited to talk about uh, coming out of the pandemic? I mean, we're still in a pandemic. and Here we go again.
1: I think it was just that novel experience of trying to connect again on that level. You know, there's a kind of weird thing about stand-up comedy is that when you're not doing it, you totally forget how to do it. <laughs> I, t- I totally <laughs> forgot how to do it. Oh, my gosh. I forgot all my jokes. Don't scare me. Well, it's in a good way, you know, mm-hmm. because then you aren't tied to an expectation of how things should go. And there's no judgment about, well, that went better this time. This will be better when I do it this way. There's no judgment or expectation that we always have. I always have with my jokes. It's got to have a certain level of excitement around a joke or else it's not worth doing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that sense. Um, So there was something about it that felt new. It felt like a good reset. And It regained its novelty. Sometimes stand-up comedy, if we do it a lot, can be very exhausting and you get a little jaded.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: I I fully appreciate it like I had in the very beginning. So I'm glad I had a bit of a reset.
0: That's nice. Yes. In the 90s, you played the starring role in the first primetime sitcom to feature an Asian-American family. Mm -hmm. all-American girl. Yes. And uh, over the past few years, we've seen a rise in the number of Asian Pacific Islander performers in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. How far do you feel we've really come when it comes to Asian representation in entertainment?
1: I'm really grateful. I think we've come really far. And I think that we have room to go farther. I think there's so much more to do, but it seems Mm -hmm. like the beginning of something really good. And it's exciting. I just want to be able to have the world really represented the way it is on television and in movies the way it is in in life in our world. So I I want to see more truth to casting and more truth in our stories. And so I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Mm -hmm. But I, I agree. I think people like to say it's one or the other that no, we haven't made any progress or yes, everything's great and coming around. And I do, I think it's what you're saying. It's both. Mm-hmm. We've made progress in a lot of areas and we still have so much more to do.
1: Yes. And there there's a lot to kind of answer to and, and to see. I mean, I hope that this lasts, you know, but there, there's always a sense of oh, this just being a moment and then it's going to go away. But it feels there's a sense of a not permanence, I guess, but there's a sense of more of a concrete development of, oh, I think that we may be here for a while at least. So we'll Mm -hmm. see. I I would like that.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: when you joke about your family and your mother in particular, uh, and when you do imitate her Korean accent, Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering when it comes to accents, how do you strike a balance between representation and stereotyping?
1: I think it's really about the intent because I'm not trying to sort of, um, make fun of the way that my family speaks. It's more, I want to make fun of what they're actually saying (laughs) 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 to me. There's more value in the humanity of this story than there is in, um, Kind of making fun of somebody's English. It's really not the English that's the problem. It's the uh, disconnection of my lifestyle <laughs> versus their lifestyle <laughs> versus yeah. um, aging and aging with uh-huh. your parents and um, yeah. the horror of aging as well. And also <laughs> how much they've seen. You know, they've lived through the first pandemic, which was AIDS. They've lived through many decades of Really intense racism. They have a lot of, uh, trauma from coming from a very war-torn country. So all those things to me are really more about examining that and less about this sort of making fun of their tone and, and with the way they speak. But it, it is, it is also very like much a way of separating myself from the Asian-ness of their life as it is, you know? So it's kind of separating the Asian experience uh, from the Asian American experience.
0: It's really interesting. Um, Now, in your in your podcast, the the Margaret Show, you put Mm -hmm. your focus on historical crimes against Asian Americans. What have you learned from this project?
1: I've learned so much. There are so many historical events that I had no idea. Things that happened that were really monumental and our experience being in America since 1849 has really shown the cyclical nature of Asian American violence. Like there's so much of it that we just don't know about. And um, so I had to do a lot of research watching a lot of Wyoming public television on YouTube to try to find these stories that they're not readily available. They're very, very hard to find. And you know, all the names are lost. A lot of the victims' names were totally forgotten or never known in the first place. And so it's just a, it's a really interesting thing because you have to go through so much to find the tiniest sliver of history about us.
0: Gosh, I feel like that's coming up in so many different areas right now where people are, all these stories about cultures and people Mm -hmm. and... I feel like it's part of the wave of what's going on and what can potentially continue.
1: Yes, that we can learn more about a history from a realistic lens. I mean, we have really no idea about LGBTQIA history. We have very little about Black history, uh, Latinx history, uh, American Indian, Indigenous history. We just don't know so much and we need to know.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. It's nice that it's surfacing and that people like yourself are doing the the work needed.
1: Yes, thank you. It's a lot. It's a lot, but I'm glad for it. And I'm I'm really grateful to be able to bring forth these stories that people didn't know about. So that's really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, how are you at giving advice, Margaret?
1: I am not the best at giving advice. Mm-hmm. However, I have hosted a number of sex advice television. Programming. I have Mm. been on the radio giving sex and relationship advice. I've given fashion advice also through Fashion Police, and I've done a lot of sort of structured kind of advice, but not 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 necessarily in my actual life. So in my uh, professional life, sometimes I've done a bit of the Doctor Ruth, (laughs) Doctor Sue Johansson, who I love, um, and Doctor Ruth is the best. What are your thoughts on Esther Perel? I don't know Esther Perel.
0: You don't?
1: No, you took off her glasses.
0: I sure did. Who is
1: Esther Perel?
0: She's just one of my favorites. Like she talks about everything from relationships to sex to work, and she's just really, really smart. She's uh, a recent guest on the show, and uh, you should check it out. She's incredible. I will. Please do. Well, it's time for listener questions. Our first question is uh, pet-related COVID conundrum.
1: Re-entry anxiety. This is a new term.
0: Do you think that in general cities have been reopening too soon? Uh, I I think the answer is yes.
1: As things start to open up, I feel a little nauseous. Do I really need to wear underwear with my bathrobe just because the FedEx guy is here? Lisa writes,
0: with the world going back to normal after COVID... I am progressively home less and less. Although I'm excited about this, my little Yorkie Zoe is not too happy about being home alone more. She doesn't destroy anything, but she gives me the saddest face whenever I leave. What should I do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an easy fix, actually. Hmm. Because animals are just, they don't like change, but when they're tired... You can kind of force them to accept it. So if she's willing to get up about half an hour earlier and really exhaust the dog through play or walk, something physical, um, I like a snuffle mat myself. Um, What is that? A snuffle mat is like a ripple rug or any kind of fabric. What is that? It's like a fabric puzzle toy that you can put treats in. What is that? No, I'm kidding. You can put treats in. And they have to use their snout to find it. And it's kind of an interactive thing. But I think that if you really uh, exhaust the dog before you leave, it really is a good uh, bonding activity. And it also gets their um, kind of connection with you out. But it also makes them tired so that they'll fall asleep and they they know to anticipate the play. And then they'll look forward to you leaving because that means they're going to get played with.
0: And they're just like, please, get out of the house. You've exhausted me.
1: Tired. In general, if you tire your animal out before you leave, that's the best thing you can do for your relationship and uh, for your sense of guilt.
0: And probably mainly just for dogs, because I have this one cat, Fluff. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. When we go out of town, say we don't spend the night at the house for one night. Mm-hmm. We walk in the house and she is following us around, screaming at us. Room to room, Uh just just like, where in the hell have you been? It's really something. Oh, that's cute. Cats are hard to wear out because they are already worn out all the time. But I think your advice is great,
1: Margaret. I mean, I think your cat is just saying, what do you think this is? Some kind of a hotel that you can just come and go as you please. And you should tell your cat when you're leaving. Your cats know what you're doing.
0: Or I should say, listen, this is some kind of hotel.
1: It is a kind of a hotel.
0: Yeah, we have three cats. So it's yes. like, it's some kind of hotel.
1: <laughs> it's a residential hotel.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to tell people when I was a kid, I we had 12 outdoor cats. Wow. Yeah, it was a situation. And I used to tell kids at school, I thought that they would be impressed by this. I made this up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said... You know, everyone calls my house the cat hotel. (laughs) Nobody referred to our house as the cat hotel. (laughs) But I used to tell people that, like, they would think it was cool. Mm. And kids just would go, oh, okay, and then keep playing with their uh, car that they were pushing down the the sidewalk. But um, I only have three cats at this
1: point. I think it's cool. I think it is a kind of a hotel
0: well that's what i'm realizing now is it turns out all these years later it is some kind of hotel yes lisa i hope that helps zoe please be a good girl margaret hang tight we'll be right back after the break With more questions. Margaret, this next one deals with feeling left out. Ooh. Danielle writes I have a wonderful, funny, and social nine year old daughter. We found out that two girls in her class, whom she is friends with, are having birthday gatherings and did not invite my daughter. Ooh. Other girls in the class were invited and have been talking openly at school about going to the parties. My daughter is too embarrassed to ask the birthday girls themselves. Should I say something to their moms about it or do I let it go and figure out a way to help my daughter navigate through this pain and sadness? Danielle, don't say something to their mothers. That's my feeling. Mm -hmm. Margaret, do you feel like she should call their mothers? No, I don't.
1: I don't think so.
0: Yeah, this feels like a pain I am not looking forward to having with my five year old kids.
1: Yeah, it's just awful, but it's also the feeling that I would get. It's like, why would you even want to go to a party when they're not even considering your feelings in any way? It's like, good point. Don't even worry about those people, they're not yes. worth your time or the pain.
0: Yes, I completely forgot that important part. That's why the show is called Don't Ask Tig. (laughs) But I would imagine it's also probably hard for a nine-year-old, of course. now that I'm thinking about it, to be like, yeah, who cares about them? Her mother did say that she thinks they're friends, and it turns out they must not
1: be great friends. Yeah, they must not be great friends. I mean, they're obviously not worth... That kind of care and trust. And, you know, sometimes this happens and it's really sad, but it's also important to note like, you know, we deserve better. We deserve the very best friends and the best relationships. And, you know, they're doing you a favor by showing their unworthiness.
0: That is right. And maybe when this party is happening, you can um, have your daughter have some sort of sleepover or something Mm -hmm. with, uh, people that are special or maybe just one person. So yeah, you know, you're not recreating another situation like that. Maybe somebody feels left out and then it's her party versus her party, Yeah, but maybe just somebody, I don't know if she's on a sports team or does she have cousins that she's close with Mm -hmm. just maybe have a special night together, I think,
1: or even like, you know, going to do something together and be your kid's friend. That's, uh, I always mm-hmm. really long to be friends with my parents, although I'm friends with them now.
0: Mm-hmm. It's still
1: a little bit like, um, I wish that we could have had that when I was nine, 10, but they were just mm-hmm. so busy working. I didn't have that ability to do that with them. But now we connect and now they get on my nerves. So it's different. But it's like, <laughs> it's like a very, um, I think, you know, when your parent can be your friend, what a great, great gift that is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Danielle, let us know how that goes. I feel you. That's a uh, it's tough. But I think you're going to have a a really magical time and maybe spend an hour listening to this episode of Don't Ask Tig and uh, promote mm. it to your daughter. and And then hopefully she'll promote it to other people, and yes. then I'll get more listeners. See? Yeah. We all win. That's mm-hmm. right. All right. Margaret, ever had to put the brakes on a draining relationship? <laughs> Have you had to do that?
1: Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, I usually just don't put the brakes on. I just leave entirely. So that wouldn't be brakes. That's... Um, you jumped out of the car while yeah, I was there. I just, like, do a roll I do as a roll safe out to the gravel. Um, I try to jump out quickly and just remove uh-huh. myself entirely.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> I like your style. Yeah. If I never hear back from you, I'll know that you jumped out of the car while we were flying down the road.
1: <laughs> I just think it's really, it's, I know I, I can't be drained. It's not good.
0: Yeah. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. And I mean, time is moving on.
1: Right. Our time is precious.
0: It's so precious. Oh, my God. I can't even believe you're giving me this much time. (laughs) It's great. This next listener needs our advice on how to do just this. Antisocial and Busy writes, Hi, Tig. A colleague repeatedly asks me to grab lunch, drinks, dinner with her, and I'm running out of excuses. When we've socialized in the past, she only talks about herself and nothing work-related, and I honestly find spending time with her tedious and draining. I'd rather use my free time to see friends or refresh with alone time, and my work time to be productive, not extend my working hours with a person I'd rather not see. Any advice for avoiding these looming plans, or should I just suck it up and hang out with her every so often? No, antisocial and busy. Absolutely not. You should not.
1: Never. Mm -mm. No.
0: Here's the thing. This person will live through it if you say that you just do not have the time to extend yourself with these plans with her. I mean, I don't know exactly. How would you word that, Margaret? Or would you just jump out of the window, I guess?
1: I would just say, I'm sorry, I can't. I don't think any explanation is necessary.
0: Margaret didn't mess around. I mean, I can see it right now. If I was like, Margaret, do you want to get lunch tomorrow? I could see you say, no, I can't. <laughs> I feel like that's reasonable. Yes. And here's the thing. That matches your personality, mm-hmm. Margaret. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not going to be like, but what about next week? But what about, you know what I mean? Yes. I'd be like, oh, I get it. Um. Not all friendships need to happen, and you don't have to remain friends. That's the other thing. You don't have Mm -hmm. to remain friends with people that you started a friendship with or that you're friends with in elementary school. You outgrow people or you have realizations, and that's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that for you to put yourself through draining and tedious friendship, lunches, every now and then, coffee... Mm -mm. You don't have time for that. No, you don't have time for it.
1: I think you just say no. And that's fine. There's no explanation necessary. And there's no need to coddle somebody's feelings. Um, Friendships can be really toxic as well as draining. And there's no point in pursuing one when you don't feel that connection in the first place.
0: Yeah, I think when you care about somebody, and there's there's an issue or there's conflict and you really want to get in there and work it out and talk about things, that's a whole different situation. But with this person, this annoying, draining person, Uh jump out the window. just
1: jump out. Roll. Roll to sort of deflect the injuries of the blow. Yeah,
0: cut it off right now or else this is going to be haunting you forever. And not to go totally dark, but I really do think all the time... What if I'm doing something I didn't want to do and like I got in an accident or something mm. like something? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you want to be doing things because you want to be there right. with people. You want to be around. You don't want to have some regret that you're having a sandwich with this boring person and you start choking. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like something terrible happens to you and you're like, why yeah. was I at lunch? Why? With her? why? why? I, yeah. I just. Choked on a pickle. Yeah. Anyway, antisocial and busy, you have our full support. Jump out the window. Just jump, so to speak. Margaret, this last question comes to us from Rachel, who asks What are your thoughts on deleting pictures of your ex on social media? I always think it's strange when friends get rid of photos of their ex after a breakup, but now I'm unsure of how to approach it now that I've been single for several months and I'm considering dating again. My ex was important to me, and it feels strange to hide the pictures and pretend that significant chapter of my life didn't happen. But I also don't want potential interest to feel uncomfortable by public evidence of a past love. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, people have to know that you had a life before them, right? Yeah. But I see people doing different things, and I understand the side of <laughs> deleting your life before this person I don't think I would do it I I don't think I would if I did I would probably post something like if you see me with somebody prior to this date (laughs) it is not somebody important to me at all Mm -hmm. and I am single and ready to mingle (laughs) it's a terrible idea that's why the show is called don't ask tick margaret do you delete
1: i don't really delete i don't really think about it i i don't delete because then it's kind of a weird thing but also i'm in my 50s i've been in a number of relationships and there's evidence of that all over the internet people are going to see that it doesn't really matter i mean it, it's kind of like you know we had a life before we'll have a life later People don't necessarily scrutinize the sort of timeline of your relationships. I, at least I don't mm-hmm. to potential partners. I think a lot of the reasons people delete photos is because it makes them uncomfortable. You know, probably the relationship ended badly somehow, and they don't want to sit with the uncomfortable memories of that. I think that's valid and fine.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's up to them. But I don't think that you need to, uh, clear out your relationship search history because of a potential person coming in later.
0: Yeah. If I think about, you know, an ex-girlfriend or two that's in my recent past and we just aren't together anymore, but they're the nicest, funniest, best person. Yeah. I I would feel weird deleting them. It's easy for me to say, oh, that's so-and-so we dated and she's Mm -hmm. great. And Maybe one day you'll meet, maybe one day you won't. But um, yeah, here's the thing. I would be a little like, wait a minute. How <laughs> come there's nobody? If you're on social media and you are updating and you ha- you put a picture of me and you up there, but have am I the first person you've ever been yeah. with? Where's, where are the other people? Yeah. And then I would start to feel like, wait a minute. Am I next? Am I going to be?
1: Deleted next. next deleted next. Next to be deleted. I would say just go on with your dating life. It's fine. Don't worry about exes. You know
0: what you should do? Move on from the ex, but post incessantly until they get to the very tail end of your feet if you want to really leave them in the dust a bit. You know, like just start posting every single thing that you're about to eat for any meal. (laughs) Post every encounter you have socially Anything, just post constantly.
1: Bombard them so that they don't know what to look at.
0: Yeah, and it'll take way too long to look (laughs) into your history. They'll fall asleep. And the only concern would be that they would look down and go, oh my gosh, they did 300 posts in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) But um, anyway, Rachel, thanks for writing in. I think you'll figure it out. Yeah. Margaret, now every episode, we end with a final segment. Yes. And today... It's best advice, worst advice. Hmm. Pretty straightforward. What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Um, The best advice, it was actually Joan Rivers, who said, they'll want you more when you get older. You'll do better. They will continue to want you more the older you get, which I was like, okay, that's good to know. (laughs) That's good advice. That is. And do you find that? Yes, I I agree. I think that's true. I think funny women have long careers, but also long, happy existences because we just get better with time. For sure. Yes.
0: And then what is the worst advice that you've ever received?
1: Um, Put vitamin C tablets in (laughs) before you put in your diaphragm. That's how old I I am. I, I used to have a diaphragm. And it'll work better than uh spermicide.
0: How do you know that works?
1: Well, it, uh, I didn't get pregnant, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, wow, that's a, it's a great place to go out on this episode. <laughs> oh, we have reached the end of the show, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you.
0: Do you have anything that you'd like to promote?
1: Well, I'm going back out on the road, so at some point, somewhere, so people can find mm-hmm. out at uh, margaretcho.com and at margaretcho on Twitter and Margaret underscore Cho on Instagram.
0: Love it; those all make sense. Yes. All right. Good to see you, Margaret, and thank you. Thank you. And I'll hope to see you soon. Good to see. You. Thank you. Bye. Bye. TIG is hosted by me, TIG Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette, Shana Deloria, and Ryan Lohr. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Johnny Vince Evans and Eric Romani. Digital production by Christina Lopez. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Production support from Pizza Shark and Elena C. Our theme music is... Friend in Tig by Edie Brickell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Brickell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman, Lily Kim, Alex Shaffert, and Lauren D. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and GobSmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky. That's what you-